Hello and welcome to this week's episode from A Lancashire Lass with me, Lucy Baxter, as featured on BBC Radio 4 Extra's Podcast Hour, BBC Radio Manchester and also now BBC Radio Lancashire. Joining me today is Annie Wynn, the Development Director at Let's Grow Preston. We're going to be chatting all about what Let's Grow Preston is and about what Annie does there. So welcome to the podcast, Annie. How are you today? I'm all right. Thanks, Lucy. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. For the listeners, why don't you just explain what Let's Grow Preston is about? Okay. So we've done published 2011 um, by Preston City Council. The community engagement team um, approached all of the community gardeners, the friends of um, open spaces of parks, and said, we've seen in other places like Virral and uh, Sheffield that coming together as a network can be really helpful. It means that you can book by, you've got one voice speaking to the um, local councils, what do you think? And I think there were over 150 people in that room at the time and everybody said yes. So they noticed that I was um, making notes uh, during the meeting. So they decided that I'd be secretary. (laughs) And I've just been with them ever since in a voluntary capacity until 2018. Um, And then I applied for the role of, of project development, no, yeah, project development manager and got it. So supplying um, monthly network meetings to a network of community gardens and friends of open spaces. Um, We do provide bulk buying discounts to all our members. We support allotmenteers. We also have something rather unique, which is an umbrella insurance policy. So any of our members can use that umbrella insurance, saving them anything between 250 and 500 pounds a year. Um, and then because we have two sites ourselves, um, we have lots of volunteers and they, well, from those sites, we promote physical and mental wellbeing. Um, and so we give the volunteers lots of horticultural activities from sowing seeds to weeding. Um, and as a byproduct of that activity, we have lots of plants um, and we will happily give those to community gardens and grassroots community organizations and use them in activities and so we can if if somebody approaches Preston City Council or Chorley or or South Riverborough Council anybody in the PR postcode can get our help they say oh we've got a grot spot I'm sick of it I'm sick of people parking the cars or whatever then quite often that that council member will lead them or introduce them to Let's Grow Preston. We can find out who owns the land, get the permission, support those people to make positive changes to the land, either installing plants or finding a couple of trees to put in, um, and we'll provide them with public liability insurance. So basically we'll cut through all the bureaucratic nonsense that you'd normally have to go through in order to improve a space, and we can just let you get on with it. So we're really good at that, really good at improving physical and mental well-being, and we're pretty good at supporting the network as well. And so 
why the name Let's Grow Preston? We, I'm, I'm presuming you were part of that naming process. I was. I was, but um, I was coming up with really boring Latin names. Um, and it was, it was actually Steve Smith, who's a park ranger, who came up with that idea. Originally, we were called Preston Environmental Forum. Um, and for some reason, people associated us with being activists. Um, it was a bit of a mouthful. We felt that we were not reaching our target audience and, and maybe people thought that we were doing something other than just being a, a friendly, informal network. So, and came up with various ideas then at our, oh, our AGM must have been in 2016. Um, we we put the, the suggestions together and Let's Grow Past Him was seconded and that's, that's how we became Let's Grow Past Him. And so take me back to sort of your interest in nature and, and gardening. Have you always had had an interest in that or is it something you've developed later in life? I think from, from a really early childhood, I can remember gardening with my dad. Um, and then when I got my own house, when I was 23, um, somebody bought me a window box. So I thought I'd better put something in that. Um, and so every May for a couple of years, like, like a really good spinster, I would take myself off to the, um, on my birthday, I'd take myself off to the garden centre and get myself a load of um, bedding plants and plant them up and make my, garden, my, my backyard look really good. Um, and then when I met my husband, he had a garden. Um, and I was really, really interested in, in gardening and maintaining it and doing the lawn. Um, and then while I was pregnant, I was already planning what I was going to do when I was on maternity leave. And we bought this lovely house with a really large garden. And I said to Paul, I'm not going back full time. I'm going to, I'm going to do a course. I'm going to get qualified in horticulture. So that's what I did. <clears throat> and my work was, I was, I was um, being paid as an insurance broker mm. at the time. <laughs> but I went to school college and did the um, the Royal Horticultural Society Level 2 um, in horticulture, and I absolutely loved it. Um, when my vicar found out um, that I, uh, I was on this course, he said, oh, that's fantastic. You can run the community garden then. What community garden, Vicar? The one that I'm making because I know that you can run it now. Thank you. So suddenly I was I was immersed in, in doing my own garden and running the community garden. Um and that was that was fascinating because everybody was really pleased and would nod and smile um that I was doing this community garden, but nobody would come and volunteer and nobody wanted the vegetables. Well, I'm not taking them, the churches. Well, somebody else might need them. Well, I don't like. And there was all these different reasons why we're growing all this food and nobody's taking it. So the vicar took took this in hand and got a group from the WI. And um, bearing in mind, I'm, I'm qualified by the RHS, which is like the, the most prestigious sort of horticultural college that you can go to. So it's, it's very, 
You have to do it this way, not that way. This way is the right way. Very hoity-toity. So I, I came out from that feeling completely and utterly all-powerful and all-knowledgeable, even though you never stop learning in life and you certainly never stop learning in horticulture. So all these lovely women standing around and this lady, I want to make sure that you can see my hands. This lady says, what do I do about my basil? I keep on buying my basil, basil plant from Morrison's and it says to water it from the roots up and that's what I do every time and it still dies on me. What am I doing wrong? And I said, what, what, what are you doing when you do this? What, what, what is it that you're doing? And she says, well, I'm turning it upside down and watering the roots because it says water from the roots, roots down. And I said, no, no, you, you put it on a saucer and then you water the saucer and it takes it from the roots up. That's what it means. <laughs> and she looked at me and she looked at everybody else and everybody else was sort of had their heads down because they were just so embarrassed. And I suddenly, and she was she was mortified. I mean, I started laughing and she started laughing. She said, please don't tell anybody. I said, no, I'm going to tell everybody because it's bloody fantastic. It taught me such an important lesson. You don't know unless you know. Yeah. And, and it was just such a revelation for me because I'm thinking, well, where are these people in the community? Well, why don't they want these vegetables? Well, what is going on? And people are so interesting. They don't, they don't like, they don't like, they don't want to, to step on somebody's toes. They want, don't want to look like they're, they're, they're getting charity. They, um, they'll find lots of different reasons not to do it. And at the end of the day, it's because they don't want to look like an arse. And I was so proud of that lady for asking this question because it was really valid to her. And, mm. and the answer was, well, you just put it on a saucer and you water the saucer and it it from the roots up. You don't have to turn it upside down or anything like that. And she just, she, the, the idea had never crossed her mind because it wouldn't do. No. Because if you've never done anything like this, then it wouldn't do. And that, that was what, probably one of the most awkward times moments in life before I have plenty I've had three kids but it was it was a really big steep learning curve and when when you look at how you're taught to do things exactly and then you have a volunteer who's trying the best um one of, one of the joys for me is to be able to say to every single volunteer you know it's against the law for you to mistake you make a mistake mistakes don't happen here all that happens is that you have a learning experience. So if if you've done something wrong, you've not, I've not taught you properly. I've not watched properly what you're doing and I've not guided you properly. So the error is with me, not with you. And mm. being able to do that and, and watch people's shoulders come back and say, right, so have I done this right? Yeah, yeah, that's really good, well done. And being able to cater for anybody with disabilities to physical disabilities to mental disabilities and just be able to show somebody that they are worth it and and give them that validation that humans need it's just the best job ever love and I've forgotten your question now no I loved all that what what did you learn then 
like specifically at the RHS like what kind of I'm from completely clueless when it comes to horticulture and everything so kind of what types of things did you learn from bricklaying to plant identity to uh, pests diseases to how a plant germinates to the um, structure of a plant um, different flower formations leaf formations how to identify trees um, Wow. Just all sorts of things, right place, right plants, um, learning how to, to put a design together. Um, I think one of the most interesting and like when you when you start off, if you go to a plant centre quite often, the plants have a Latin name. Every puzzle has a name. And it's not because we want to be snooty tooty and because we want to exclude half the population. It's because Latin is a dead language. So it was a chap called Carl Linnaeus who came up with this binomial system. So you know my surname, it's Wynne. So if I was a plant, I'd be called Wynne Annie. And so every single plant that is called Wynne Annie would look exactly like me. Now, if there was a variety called Wind Maisie, who's my 13-year-old daughter, then every single plant would look like Maisie, because that's what her variety is. Now, I, I need um, decaf tea every five minutes, one sugar, plenty of milk, well-brewed. Maisie, on the other hand, would prefer water. So immediately, I have different needs to what the, the Wind Maisie does. And so by having this different naming system, you can identify, oh, if that's a Delphinium King Arthur, then that's going to be about four foot tall. It's going to be white. It likes to be in the sun, doesn't mind being baked. I know exactly what that plant is. If it's a Delphinium Galahad, then it's probably got very similar needs, but it's going to be lilac. So I know exactly where I'm going to put that in the garden. So I don't have to read the description because I know its name, I know what it looks like, just like you know what Annie looks like and what everybody else looks like just by the name. So because it's a dead language, nobody's going to change. Nobody. So suddenly being proper sick is never going to happen in Latin where it now has a meaning of something positive. It will always mean that you're ill. Mm. So when Michael from Newgate Nurseries rings up, and orders a hundred Delphinium Galahad from Italy. The Italian man knows what a Delphinium is and, and what Galahad is because that's the name of the plant and the name doesn't get changed. Everybody uses the Latin name and that's why. So Fagus Sylvaticus, it, it's just, oh gosh, what is it? Let's do Quercus because I can remember that one. Quercus is oak tree. So you, it, it, it's the same in every single language. So instead of you having to remember what oak tree means in Italian, you can just say Quercus and everybody understands it. So it's not to exclude people. It's actually the, the, the very reverse. It's including everybody in that conversation. So... <laughs> So what's your favourite flower then? Gladioli. 
any gladioli. And what got. look like? Um, they're um, really tall and they're, they're uh, trumpets and trumpets of, of flowers. You get them, um, you would have gotten last month, they would have been in season. We're still cutting them now, but you can get all different sorts of colours. Um, they don't flower for long, but they are absolutely magnificent. Really awkward in a vase, which I kind of like, um, because it, it just it's just a bit more challenging. It's a bit more interesting to put them together. Mm. Very dramatic. Yeah. I think it was um, Day Medna, Day Medna mm. Everidge. She always has a couple of gladioli when she comes on stage. Oh, right, yeah. I think, I don't know what my favourite is. I feel like I quite like a sunflower. I feel like that's a very standard flower, though, but I do like them. Yeah, but there's not just one sunflower. I mean, you can get beautiful ones called ruby that are burgundy. Oh. You can get teddy bear, which is multi-stemmed and quite short. You can get giraffe, which will always grow over 10 foot tall. There's all different types, again. So, oh, I can't remember what the Latin is for sunflower now. Helianthus or Helium begins with a H. But there's all these different varieties as well. You can get them in cream, yellow, red, all the gorgeous, yeah. I never knew that. I'm just learning everything. Um, and so if, if like you were saying, uh, let's go press and you, you help like with the mental well-being and things like that, do you, mm. do you, when people will come to sort of garden with you, does that happen is that what you do yeah Yeah. what kind of what kind of things will they do in like a session do they bring their own plants or do they help in the community garden what kind of things do they do okay so the first thing that we'll do is we'll show them around um and whilst we're talking to them we're walking them around you know just when somebody comes around to your house you always show them in show them where to put the coat make sure they're comfortable so we'll do that and then we'll get them doing something really straightforward like um, potting on. So we always grow our seeds in four trays, which basically means that there's a, there's a module. I'm showing you my fingers. There's a little module and it's, it's in a seed tray and we've sown one seed into each module. And because we're growing coir, which has no nutrition in it at all. When the little seed germinates and it puts down its radical root, it's really cool that the first fruit is called a radical, isn't it? So mm. it puts down its, its radical root and it starts searching for food. Now in coir, which is the husk of a coconut, it's got nothing in it at all. So the radical root goes down and it looks for food and it can't find any food. So food, so it splits itself. Uh, so that means that it puts on laterals and then it searches for more food and it can't find any food. So it puts on tiny loads and loads of little hairs. So even if the plant itself looks tiny, tiny wee on the top, underneath it's got a really strong root system. So we get somebody potting on um, straight away and we can see how dexterous we are, they are. And then the following week we can show them what they've done as well and show them how much that plant's grown. So it's, it's really straightforward, but we have one lady who struggles to get to us because of her anxiety, but when she does, all she wants to do is wash up and clean. That's all she wants to do. She's great. <laughs> We're very grateful. Um, we've got 
another chap who, who volunteers for us, but he drives the van. So he goes out to the allotment sites every week and he collects the vegetables for us, brings them back, and then we distribute those back to the food hubs. Um, and then we've got volunteers who'll come in with the social worker or the key worker, um, and it'll be more of a social occasion than anything. So then we might give them a task to do, but there's very little task getting done. It's a heck of a lot of social engagement happening with the other volunteers. Um, so it, it just varies. We've got one chap who's just re retired from a garden centre, but he still wants to work every day. He's made enough money. You don't want to be told what to do, but he's he's making such a difference mm -hmm. um, because he's jollying everybody along and and his ideas and his plans. He's he's actually able to look to the next season and the next season because we should always be thinking about what's happening in spring now and then when spring's come we're already looking to autumn so we, we all, always need to be ahead of the seasons with what we're doing so yeah they could be doing anything and some of them will stay with their occupational therapist and the occupational therapist will stay with them and make sure that they're completing the tasks that we've set them or they might come on their own and we'll buddy them up with somebody so it, it varies a lot and if you just come in we've got a guy come because He's a bit out now. He, he can't maintain his allotment anymore, so he's given that up. He can't maintain his massive garden, so he's moved into a smaller garden. And now that the garden's that much smaller, he's like, a bit bored today. I've done everything in my garden. So he comes and does a couple of hours with us every week. Um, and he loves it. He loves it because he's giving back. He's imparting his knowledge and he's sharing his knowledge and his wealth of experience. Um, and he's really supportive towards the, the charity, so people could be doing anything with us. And how many volunteers have you got now? We've got about 70 on the books. Seven? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, we've got, um, we try to keep it to about six people per voluntary volunteering session. Um, that's a good number for us to work with at the moment. Um, but then if we've got volunteers coming in that are really, really knowledgeable and don't need our input and just say, that needs doing, that needs doing, that needs doing, then that leaves us free to open up for another session with somebody else. So, yeah, it's, it's jolly busy, very demanding. And how does it help people's mental health, like being in nature and, like, gardening, would you say? Um, if you were to show a snake to somebody and a gun to somebody at exactly the same time, their reaction to the snake would be faster than it would to, be to the gun because it is innate. It's absolutely inside us. It's fundamental that we are connected. We have a connection with nature. So being able to just sit in a park, being close to greenery, lifts the spirit. There's been loads of tests. There's the test um, where they had, what was it, nine patients who had their appendix out, and five of them went onto a ward that, that looked out onto a brick wall. Four of them went onto a ward that looked out onto trees. The four that looked out onto trees recovered faster, didn't have any complications, 
left the hospital a day earlier, the ones that were looking at the brick wall um, got infections, healed slower, lots of different things. Um, there's also another fantastic um, scientist talks about, um, what's it called? Social role valorization. I think I might have got that right. If you look it up on Google, I'll, I'll be close, but not perfect. But that's, that's again about people wanting to feel useful and wanting to have a purpose in their life. So what Let's Grow Preston does is it, it merges the, that connection with nature and just you come in and immersing yourself in something that's, that's beautiful all year round. Um, to also... Um, validating you as a person and making you feel worthy um, and I think the two combined is is a really strong tonic for anybody so we we try really hard to do evaluations which everybody hates because it's just such a cynical way of looking at life um, but we've we've got results back that say that people are happier feel happier, that they get on better with their families, feel more connected with the community, they feel more connected with their environment, um, they're recycling more, uh, they feel improvements in the mental health, in the resilience, in the physical health, they're eating healthier, sleeping better, um, lots of fantastic things like that. And they are gems for funders, but it's like, well, yeah, I know. I know, I know that, because we, we see it every day. We see people come in and coming in really shy and, and feeling really anxious about what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And and within 20 minutes, we've usually managed to get them really comfortable in a task that they're completely um, embroiled with and and feeling like they're, they're achieving something. We've had one, one lady who came and said, I, I don't want to come when anybody else comes because nobody likes me. Hmm. And I said, well, I like you. Let's, let's just see how we get on then, shall we? So um, she's an absolute hoot. She's got one of the meanest senses of humour I've met in a long time. She takes my breath away. She's so funny and so sharp. Um, but she's been, she's actually been beaten down for that, if you will. She's been put down for that because she's, she is so funny and, and other people are either threatened by it or don't get her sense of humour. So she started off wanting to work at one end of the polytunnel with somebody else at the other. She needed me in case I had something wrong. Um, and within, I think, four weeks, she was helping us do National Garden Scheme open days. Um, and last, what was it? six weeks ago um, she, she likes gardening in one particular place and she stuck her head up and she said to somebody hello you all right there what are you doing what would you like to do do you want to get involved and she's just having this amazing conversation they were discussing the best way to poach an egg <laughs> and I was I was just so proud of this lady because she'd come to us last year saying that she didn't want to talk to anybody in case she said the wrong thing and there she is starting conversations so yeah, we it, the garden has extremely brilliant therapeutic um, qualities to it. 
And then obviously, like, in lockdown and the pandemic, people did appreciate nature more. Like, when they went on their hour walks and things, they'd, you know, they'd, they'd feel better for that. And people were doing their gardens. Like, so many people were planting things and just tidying it up, mowing the lawn, really getting involved with it. Yeah. What what were you able to do and what did you do in the pandemic? And have you had more people want to come to you now because they've they've caught the green finger bug? Not the not yeah. coronavirus, like the no, not coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we we've taken on new staff um on the seventeenth of March and um we we read what was happening we were lucky enough to be members of Locality, which is a really great um, network for all sorts of charities. And they had an emergency meeting and just imparted and diluted what was going on for us. And so we sat down and, and worked out our um, SWAT, you know, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats. Sat down, looked at that and said, right, we grow food. People are going to need food. Um, if we're only opening in six weeks, if we're opening in two months, all those allotmenteers who should be sowing those seeds right now might be staying at home. Let's make sure that we've put on double for them. Um, so we made sure that we had plenty, plenty to, to go around for Preston. We also contacted the allotment site managers and if they had any vacant plots, then we went and um, put in potato seeds to, to grow potatoes. And we also did something very interesting. Usually, because um, we've got some really brilliant um, stakeholders and partners like um, Brighter Blooms, and they're on London Road and they, they always have potato days and they go up and down the country selling potato seeds. And then um, they hospitalise in Zantadisha, lilies which to you and me the, the, the colour lilies and um, they win golds at um, Chelsea Flower Show and etc so normally after they've done all their potatoes potato days selling all these potato seeds they ring me up and say right Annie what I've not sold you can have so we usually get given donated lots and lots of seeds but we realised that actually he wasn't going to have all those potato days because lockdown had happened. So I rang him up and I said, right, how much can I get for this much money? And he said, what, are you sure? I said, well, yeah, because if it means, if it's the difference between you getting a meal tonight and or, or this week and not, then we've got the money. We're not going to be spending it or investing it in volunteers and travel time and stuff like that for volunteers. So we have spare money. We need to invest it in you because we need you to still be here next year when the pandemic's finished and we still want our free potato seeds. So yes, we will buy them off you this year. So we bought some off him and we put them in everywhere and we've contacted um, all of the community gardens that are in our networks. There's 33 of them, 17 are food growers. And we said, right, are you still looking after your garden? Are you still be going out and growing your own food? Do you want us to help you with that? Could we, if you're still going to go, could we give you a lot of seedlings to grow so that we've got more harvest and more crops? Um, so as a result of that work, um, I think it was a ton bag um, of 
potatoes that we grew, um, over a thousand onions. Wow. Um, we were donating, we were still, we harvested, well, th there's 400 allotment plot holders in Preston. So there's Pemberton West, Pemberton East, Six Down, um, Blackpool Road, etc. So we, we've been collecting from them during the summer holidays um, so that we can take fresh vegetables to the holiday hunger markets. We just basically put the shopping trolleys out um, in April and we brought them back at the end of September. And every week, one of our, either one of the staff members or a volunteer would go in the van, collect all the vegetables, bring it back to Ashton Park, and then we'd distribute that to six, seven, eight different um, markets or food hubs, um, soup kitchens, food banks, cooperatives. The fresh food went back out. So between April and I think it's October last year, um, Let's Grow Preston, Fair Share, and the, the Field Network system um, donated the equivalent to 570,000 meals. Wow. Just, just in um, <clears throat> those, I think it was just over four months, so it must have been to the end of August. Yes, we've, we've done that. And Preston City Council were instrumental in that because they they brought all those food hubs together. They rang up all the grassroots organisations and said, right, we could just go to Tesco's and buy a lot of food and then distribute it. But how about we invest the money in you? If you want to create a food hub or a food pantry or a cooperative or whatever, we'll help you do that because you know your community. Mm. And that's resulted in, I think it's, there's over 50 different um, members of the WhatsApp group and we all talk to each other. So my phone is constantly buzzing. If I have my WhatsApp notifications on, it's ridiculous. Oh, I've got 59 farm cakes and we've used all as many as we need. So does anybody else want these? And people are running across Preston in the cars, going up to Clitheroe to stop the food waste from Sainsbury's, going to Tesco's, going to Fair Share. Our van was out eight times a week collecting from Fair Share and distributing the food. Wow. It, was, it was fantastic what we did and we all just worked collaboratively. Um, because we were all working together as well, we knew and we were working with grassroots communities that were usually geographically based. Mm. There was far less chance of duplication. We had the opportunity if we noticed that there was some duplications going on, then it meant that we could go and knock on that door and say, Hey, up, such and such person delivered to you this morning. Are you all right? So there was no, Don't do that again. It was, What's what's making you need to, to keep on ringing up? And there was one poor lady, she was in such distress, she was ringing up three or four times a day, different agencies for food. Again, social validarisation. She needed to feel in control of something. She needed somebody to, to say that it's okay, you're alive. It's okay, it's going to be okay. So her way of dealing with that was by ordering, I've got no food, I've got no food. Um, and getting somebody to come round because it was the only way that she could get somebody to visit. So mm. understanding that, that was the most amazing thing. It was, it was absolutely inspirational. And so we've, we've carried on doing it again this year, um, but we're using the harvester meter 
Ooh. from the sustain. So we can weigh in everything. So we've got a little um, luggage scale and we take that out with us and we bag up. So we don't, we chop it It's so rudimental, but we've, we've got a shopping trolley. So all the allotment is put stuff in. We collect that on Mondays um, and we'll probably have maybe £37 worth of, um, as in weight, £37 of courgettes and there might be £4 of runner beans and there'll be so many onions and so many potatoes and stuff like that. And we put that onto, we've got a laminated um, poster and we tell them how much we've, we've weighed in that week, take a photograph of it, bring it back with us and then we put that on the harvester meter. So last time I looked, we'd, um, I think it was over seven and a half thousand pounds worth of vegetables that we've collected so far. Yeah. And that equated to 4,800 meals that we've been able to donate in, um, we started, just started that in June, no, July, 1st of July, we started collecting. Yeah. So just in those few weeks. Yeah, you can see just from your face how buzzing you are like to make such an impact and like with working, working at Let's Grow Preston. So you've also been like quite the celebrity, you've been on Northwest Tonight um, with your famous quote about being the Northern Kylie Minogue, was it? <laughs> I think unfortunately I said I'm better than Kylie. Because who, who was it? Oh, gosh, I can't remember his name. I'm really pumped with names. That's why I call everybody gorgeous. Um, but the interviewer, um, he, he, he suggested that I was, I was like a Charlie Dimmick. And I said, no, I'm Kylie. Kylie, yeah. If I'm going to be like anybody, it's Kylie Minogue. So when they handed me the star, he said, oh, Kylie's not got one of those. And I said, oh, no, I'm better than Kylie, aren't I? I'm really sorry, Kylie. You know, I am your biggest fan, honestly, and I'm very sorry. Because I look in the mirror and I think I look like Kylie every morning. I'm always dead happy with my looks. And then I look, look at myself on the on the picture and I think, who's that fat cow in there? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, I've, yeah, I've got a star. So you've been, yeah, you've been on Northwest tonight and then you've, you've been on BBC Radio Lancashire. So you've, you've had, as in Let's Grow Preston has had, lots of awards lots of different awards but recently you won a make a difference award at bbc radio lancashire's make a difference award ceremony um that was was it community project of the year yeah so what was that like so that's your most recent award you've won what was is what was it like to to win how did you feel really amazed when you when you're up against such amazing projects i mean i know what we do is is pretty darn good but I never I never think I've conveyed it well enough um it's it's so subtle what we do in lots of ways and yet it's, it has such a big impact um so it's to me it's all about the staff and the volunteers um I can remember somebody saying it was probably about 2017 somebody said so what's it like being the face of Let's Grow Preston and I thought I need to change that. I need to change that because it's not all about me. I keep on telling my husband it is all about me. Um, but for work, it's all about the volunteers. It's all about our relationships with people. Mm. Um, 
So it was it was brilliant, but I I accept it on behalf of Preston because what we did was a small part of the Preston Food Hubs. Mm. And on the one hand, the food hubs that we couldn't have done it without Let's Grow Preston's help, you know, the van was being borrowed eight times a week, but then we were delivering three times a week, plus collecting all the vegetables. Um, and people were relying on that food. And when it first started um, back in 2013, I'll never forget one woman saying, well, what's that? It's a courgette. What do, what are my customers going to do with that? You know, I, I grate it and put it in with anything because it's a, a right good bulker. So it'll make a little bit of meat go a lot further. Well, I don't think any of my customers are going to want that. What's it for? What's it for? And I said, well, look, it's all right. If you don't want to cause yet, then I know that there's two members of staff in there that really will want it. So I'll take it, take it with love from Let's Grow Preston and off you go. Um, so yeah, it's 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 always been interesting, but it's it, it, if you can just help one person, Lucy. If you can just make a difference to one person, then that has a ripple effect, doesn't it? Mm. And I think, although yeah, I enter is for every single award that I possibly can do because I think that it's really important to the staff and the volunteers to realise just how significant we are. Um, actually, a lot of the volunteers and a lot and all of the staff know how significant they are because they see it. Mm. They see the changes that they make to people's lives every day, and it's it's brilliant. Yeah. Anything got planned for the future then? Is there anything that's coming up or or any, I don't know, any ideas? Well, darling, where do I start? Um, we're currently working to open a community hub um, in a building that's not been used for a couple of years that belongs to Preston City Council. Um, that community hub will have lots of different um, groups using it, so we'll will not just tackle linking people with nature, um, but we'll look at the the current effects that COVID's having on that those people in that community. And they've told us that they need um, they need time off from the kids, which I think is excellent. Um it's no food growing, they need access to food growing. Um and we can do all that. Um so that's happening. We're looking at another park where hopefully we'll be able to get a full-time um, member of staff looking after a community garden there and doing all the outreach work that's needed in that area. The food hubs all want access to um, food growing and want us to be able to provide access to food growing. Now, there's 400 allotments, there's 17 community gardens that all have access to food um, growing. There's, there's no need for anybody to, to not get the hands dirty in, in Preston if they want to. Mm. Um, and we support all those, that network of food growing as well. So we'll be doing a lot of food growing. Um, immediate future is we've already done a project for the Suicide Prevention Day. Um, but we're doing that again on the 6th of October at 
Bamford Bridge Methodist Church, and that's called Bulbs of Hope. Oh, really simple concept. It's a really simple concept, Lucy. So here I have a lovely display of bulbs, right? They're all ugly and brown, and, and nobody knows which way to plant them. If you've got a particular month next year between January and July that either you're not looking forward to or that you always feel sad about or that you've got something really fun happening and you want to have something to look forward to, mm. then you tell me what that month is and tell me what your favourite colour is and I'll plant you up some bulbs and then you just put that part outside and it will grow and it will, as long as the, the squirrels don't eat it it will grow and you will you will see the, the shoots starting to come through and you will have something to look forward to the concept's that simple but it's an opportunity for you to talk to me not a normal bloke with purple hair and to tell me how you're feeling and to tell me what your fears are and if you can verbalize what's on your mind then this is amazing psychological brilliant thing happens when you say it out loud your brain feels like it's been validated your fear because you've said it out loud some part of your logical brain says well that's brilliant that you're daft bugger why are you thinking about that but you can actually help yourself to start healing just because you've said it out loud and that's the idea of bulbs of hope. So we're doing that immediately. Um, and we'd love donations for that because it, the bulbs cost us quite a lot of money. And then from November, we'll be um, harvesting all the willow and we'll be doing willow wreaths and willow uh, week workshops right up until December. Um, well, right up until Christmas. Then in January and February, we run courses on health and safety, composting, stuff like that. Mm. And then we'll be doing the tree pruning, fruit tree pruning and tree grafting. And that'll get us through to March. And then, oh, my goodness, it's time to sow all your vegetable seeds again. Yeah. And what you were saying then about... Um like growing food and stuff I think that's like important that it should be taught in school how your food's grown how to grow vegetables and that because you know you, you put something in the soil and water it, it's about as much as I know whereas there's probably a lot more to it um <clears throat> and also how you were mentioned like a problem shared is a problem halved when you've said it out loud and and things like that so if people want to volunteer or donate or just help with let's grow preston firstly where are you based and secondly how can they get in contact so on ashton park in preston postcode is pr21hl we're inside the walled garden we're based in the bowling pavilion we're next door to the bowling green so when you first go into the, the walled garden the first thing that you usually see is our garden that's in front of you it used to be a bowling green now it's our garden um you can donate, contact us, help us through the website, which is www.letsgrowpreston.org. And you can contact us um, by emailing letsgrowpreston at gmail.com. 
Amazing. Well, it's been so lovely to chat to you, Annie. That was great and really interesting. And like like what you were saying, you're very much making a big difference to, to people in Preston. So well done, you and, and the volunteers. Well, thank you, Lucy, and thank you for everything you do. You bring a lot of things to the forefront with your anxious life. I've been listening to it, and it is really, really interesting. Sorry I've waffled on so long. I've got a really sore throat now. So I've done well, haven't I? <laughs> Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. To keep up to date with all things from a Lancashire Lass, follow on Facebook and Instagram at from a Lancashire Lass.